Well, good morning, LOH. How are we doing this morning, church? It's good to see you guys. Can we all stand for a second? I just want to ask the worship team, who told you guys to stop this morning? Because it wasn't me. I don't know who your leader is, but that, that wasn't me. Can we just all just lift our hands in worship? Just thank Him for His blood. Thank Him for the work that He's done. Oh, He has the power. There's glory in this room. Beyond music to set people free, to open blind eyes, to deliver people out of things that they've carried for years and years and years. There's healing taking place. God, we give the glory back to You. We let Your glory manifest in this room. All of us are open. All of us are receptive. We have our hands lifted to You. It's not for Dustin. We have our hands lifted for You. Because You're the one in this room. You're the one worthy of the praise and the adoration and the glory. Come on, church. Give Him praise. Give Him the glory. He deserves it all. He deserves it all. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And we praise your name. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. Oh, oh my gosh, I had a message prepared and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> the message title this morning, um, if we don't have it, that's cool. It's called Sheathe Your Sword. And I'm like, Sheathe it? Cut the giant's head off, Dustin. And, uh, and, and so, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for this message to some extent. Um, but I know I'm called to preach it. And I'm really, really excited to be here today. Uh, I really am. Um, so I pray that you're receptive. I pray that this may be a word from God for you in some form or fashion, in some aspect, that, that God would speak to you because His word is so powerful. We've been talking about His Word, the Excalibur, the, the sword of King Arthur, the weapon of choice for, for, a, for a legend. Here we are, and we have a sword in our hands. Every single one of us that know Christ, we all have a sword that's so dangerous, that's so sharp, that's so powerful, that can cause so much damage to the work of the enemy. And I'm here today to talk, <sighs> reluctantly so, no, I, no I'm, I'm excited to speak this message on sheathe your sword. We've been discussing how the series would develop um, through Pastor Tim and, and myself and Echoes of the Dead and uh, seize your sword and kind of a play on words with sheathe your sword. Um, so you probably don't have a clue what I'm talking about. We made a joke in the green room. It was like, we made it from seas to here. It was like, man, that's really far. That's a lot of progress. Um, but hopefully as I develop the message that, that you get an idea, I'm mainly talking today about rightly dividing the Word of God. Okay, we have this Excalibur. We have this sword. When should I use it? When should I be on the attack? When should I be on the defense? How should I use my sword? Um, just to start off, a few words in the Bible, some of my favorite words in all of Scripture about the Word of God, go figure, are these three verses. And let's just read them together. I love these verses. Hebrews 4.12, let's start here. For the Word of God is, you might have it memorized, yes, alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes 
of the heart. That was beautiful. The second one in the King James Version. Can we still talk like that? Thy word, I love it. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Beautiful. My, my favorite chapter, I think uh, it's debatable. It changes every Sunday. But my favorite chapter in all of Scripture, John 1. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Verse 3, through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was the life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen. We praise You, Lord. The darkness has not overcome it. Let the Word speak today. Let the Word speak to your heart. Why? Because it's alive and it's active. You know we have this Bible, this biblical canon, this collection of books, this narrative that we talk about every Sunday. But do you know it's, it's bigger than a book. It's, it's greater than a piece of literature. That's what we're trying to get all of us to understand is that it transcends any book of all time. I mean... It, it sold over 5 billion copies. It's the number one selling book of all time. But I want to I tell you that, that if you read all 66 books, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. I know a lot of people that have read all 66 books and they don't have a clue what Jesus is truly like. They, they, they have no idea what His nature is. And I know a lot of unschooled men that don't have a clue about necessarily this. But you know what? They produce the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And they know the Word better than all those guys. Because why? They're in the Word. They're abiding. But I don't want to go too much farther. But the Word is transcendent. We call it Excalibur not just because it sounds good. But why? Ephesians 6.17 it says... Take the sword of the Spirit. It's not just some analogy. It is truth. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God. Where are we right now as a church? We are seizing the sword. Take, 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 seize the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now what? Now what? I'm calling you knight. I'm calling you man of valor. You, you, you mighty man of God. I'm calling you mighty woman of God to sheathe your sword. To have it at your hip at all times. To walk around with it knowing, knowing that you got something dangerous. You have something powerful within your grasp at all times. Let's pray. As we open up the Word and we ask God to speak. Father, You are the way. And You are the truth. And You are the life. No man comes to the Father unless by You. And so here we are. And we ask that Jesus, who is the Word and who is the truth, that He would come and make Himself manifest in this room. That He would speak words beyond Myself. As your word is alive, and it will go forth and do what you desire to accomplish. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. 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 Uh, raise your hand if you know someone who is an awful driver. Raise your hand. An awful driver. 
Raise it. Mom, who would that offer? Off you? Me? Me? Oh, no. Aiden, there's an offer driver. Oh, Chantel, don't. Did you raise your Oh, my gosh. That should be, you know, that should be in the vows when you get married. Like, I, like I promise to drive the best I can. Like, seriously. You always have something. I'm just kidding. I love being married. That's great. Um, but I, you know, like when you're like, you feel like God's preparing you for something in life, like before you get there. Um, I, I, I had that experience with my brother. Um, before I ever got my license, I was in five wrecks with you. Five, five wrecks. I think most of them were going to school. Like, but I didn't even have my license. I'm like, what is this? Like, is it that hard? Like, no, I'm not exaggerating. Five wrecks. And, and I'm like, oh my gosh, will I be able to do it? Will I be able to drive when I get the chance? And like, you know that, I mean, if you're not too old, like, oh, that's 11 years ago. I was 16. That's crazy to me. Um, Chantel tells me I'm getting old all the time. And I'm like, man, when I, when I, that was a huge milestone in life, wasn't it, when you got your license? And like, so I have this like preparation phase with my brother, and I'm like, Geez, like this is this is kind of scary, and he acts like he's a good driver. I'm like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. And and I remember driving for the first time. It was actually with you, Dad. I don't know if you remember it. And uh, we were driving to the Y, and I was I was scared. I was like, Dad's like, you want to just drive? And uh, I was actually really scared. I drove really slow, and I was like, I really like driving. I, Dad, I'm always gonna drive really slow. Like I felt it. Like I'm never gonna. Get, I'm never going to get to the place where I want to drive fast. It's just enjoyable to drive slow. I started thinking like that. And one thing my dad said, which, which is always good, he's like, you don't, you don't want to ever get like too confident, you know, too comfortable. You know why? He didn't say this, but like driving in a, a metal piece, a metal piece, like 70 miles an hour and other people are going 70 miles an hour. It's like that could cause a lot of damage. So, hey, like, don't get too comfortable. You're driving 80, driving 90. You know the damage that can happen, right? Right? So all the new drivers, don't get too, Tucker, where's Tucker? Shrek and Gus. Don't get too comfortable, brother. Like, like, because it, it's a dangerous vehicle. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. I think with the Bible, we can get a little bit too comfortable with the way that we use it. Be, 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 because it's a sword, it is. It is a sword, and, it, and it's, don't get me wrong, it is damaging. It can make people a mess. And so us speakers of the Word, and this is why I was having a, such a tough time, rightly dividing the Word of God, rightly dividing, how can I speak on this? I'm just a, a mortal man, God. I'm just leaning on you wholeheartedly. It's, it's a, I want you to speak because, because you are so concerned about the Word's that you say about me. You're so, you're so concerned that I'm going to do God's Word justice. I, I'm so, because I know the damage that I could speak something out of the Scripture that would cause you to come to the altar, but it wouldn't necessarily be what God wants to say for your life and your season and your circumstance and your situation. I could call you out. I know what you're struggling with. I know what you looked at last night. I could call all those things, but that wouldn't necessarily be out of, out of the fruit of what God wants to say in your life in this season where, where all of you guys are. And I don't want to place my convictions necessarily on you. I want God's Spirit to lead you into His truth. 
of His Word. So let us, as we approach the Word of God, I love when we used to all stand when we read the Word of God. Why? Because it's like, what we're about to do is something different. It's not, I'm not just reading Shakespeare. I'm not just reading Charles Dickens. I'm reading something that transcends. This is a sword. Do we know what we're talking about today? Do we know when we open it up every morning, it's not just, oh, six in the morning. I want to get through the one-year Bible. Like, I do that. I do do that. But it's like, do I know when I'm, when I'm opening up that this Word is, is life? This Word was in the beginning. This Word wasn't just written down for the first time when Paul wrote it. It was in the beginning. It's infinite. And the Word was just transcribed for us all. And now here it is in a book. And sometimes we get too used to it. Yeah, it's in English. Was it written in English? No, it wasn't written in English. You know, just little things like that. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. David said this. Well, he... He didn't necessarily say that. It was, it was deeper than that. Let the Spirit illuminate Himself through His Word and let it come alive. I want to talk about sheathing your sword. And I'm not talking about compromise. I'm not talking about putting a muzzle when God wants you to speak. What I want to talk about today is have it in a place that's not just like this on Facebook. Have it in a place. I know, I know when to use it. Hold, like, right? Like, I'm a knight. I'm not going to just be, I'm not just cutting your head off at every point. No, I, no, I know when the battle is, and I know when the war's not. I know the wars to get in. I know the arguments not to get in. Amen. I didn't see Jesus arguing with all kind of people. Brother, you got a sword. Hold on, hold, hold on. I know. I know the word. I know the word. Let's, let's, just, let's just hold on a second. I, I, just, I just want that to sit. Because the, the word is not impulsive. Jesus, Jesus never responded to someone out of impulse. Jesus knew exactly what they're saying. And he had enough time, enough searching inside to actually ask them a deeper question rather than to respond back real quick. So we're trying to understand the Word of God. And we were all given the knowledge of good and evil, right? So we, so we all have that to our demise. At the beginning of time when Adam and Eve ate of the, the fruit, not an apple, the fruit, it... it it opened their eyes to the knowledge of good and evil. So you say, well, why does my brother have morals? We all know good and evil. But you know what? That doesn't save us. That doesn't even help us. You can read the Word with the knowledge of good and evil and then give out what the serpent's speaking. But you need the Word, the way, the truth, the life to abide in Him and Him alone. And then, then, brother, you'll know when to use your sword. Does that make sense? Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, so where did sheath your sword? Where does, where does that come from? Um, we're talking about the Bible, so shouldn't it have some biblical reference? It's, it's in John 18. Feel free to open up your Excalibur today and turn to John 18. 
And uh, maybe this is a new spin on verses that you've heard a lot, hopefully. And hopefully God will continue to speak. Um, John 18, verse 1. We know the story. This is John's um, perspective or John's vantage point on what is happening with Jesus. So when Jesus had finished praying, I hear some people flipping, so continue to flip and find John. Like I said, my favorite chapter is John 1, and I'll tell you a different one next time I speak. Um, hey, live stream. Everyone say, what's up, live stream? It's good to see you guys. Good to, uh, I'll see you guys later. I'll see how this looks, sees, you see me later. <laughs> Stupid. Okay. <laughs> All right. John 1. When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was a garden, and he and his disciples went into it, the Garden of Gethsemane. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Jesus came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers. Or Judas. Did I say Jesus? I think I did. So Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Kind of envision what's happening. Verse 4. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen went out and asked them, okay, Jesus, Jesus knew his calling, okay? As, as a human being, as a 100% God, 100% man, yes, it's a mystery. Jesus knew what he was called to, okay? And, and this helps paint the picture of how we use our sword because, because if you don't know your calling, if you don't know who you really are and your identity, you'll be chasing a lot of things. He'll be going in the garden, what? Who, wait, who is this? Who is this? Judas. Jesus knew all that. All that. And, and I don't necessarily think it's because he's all-knowing. Like, he, he is. He, 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 I believe he knew what his destiny was. He knew what he had to carry on his shoulder. He knew the cup that he was about to bear that he mentioned earlier that the, the guys, the brothers, couldn't bear the cup. Remember? So, so Jesus, knowing all that was about to happen, and went out and asked, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, this is amazing. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas the traitor was standing there with him. When Jesus said a word, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. How many of you know that when Jesus speaks a word, something mighty can happen? Something mighty. I can speak a million words, but sometimes I've... I wonder how many words I'm speaking, maybe too many. And, but when Jesus speaks a word, something mighty can happen in the room. People can be changed, and even the enemy can fall to the ground when Jesus speaks. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and again, he asked, they're like falling down. He's like, who is it that you want? <laughs> they're like, Jesus of Nazareth, they said. Jesus answered, I, I told you that I'm he. Oh, so cool, so cool. If you are looking for me, then let these other guys go. This happened so that the words had, he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who is like, who is like a lot of us, okay? Let's just, let's just, we are Simon Peter. 
Like, like we think we're Jesus a lot of times, but guys, we're, and maybe not even Peter, we're like Simon, the reed. We're like, okay, uh, no offense, no offense. Yeah, God, I'm sorry for being Simon a lot of times. Simon Peter, who had a sword. What the? Peter, where'd you get a sword from? <laughs> Think about it. You're like, wait, Peter just had a sword at the Last Supper and stuff? Peter, what are you doing with a sword? <laughs> like, <laughs> Peter, who had a sword, drew it <laughs> and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his ear. Man, Peter, like, get some work. Like, if you're going for the neck, go for the neck. But, like... <laughs> The ear, that's like hard to do. The servant's name, the Bible would like us to believe, is Malchus. Then Jesus commanded the little rock, which means Peter. Jesus commanded, John would like us to know that this is, now not, not he, Jesus isn't saying like he's a wavering man. He, the, John would like us to believe that this is a little, Peter means a little rock, Simon means a reed, Okay, we know like a reed isn't very sturdy. Peter is a, is a little rock. Jesus commanded Peter, Peter, I, I, I don't want to condemn you because you're, you're Peter. You're a little rock. You're like, I'm the, the rock. I'm the cornerstone. But Peter, you're, you're a little rock. Put your sword away, Peter. Listen to this. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? And then we know the rest of the story. Then the detachment of soldiers with his commander and the Jewish officials arrested Jesus. They bound him and brought him first to Annas. And, and then the rest is history. Jesus died for our sins, rose again three days later. And we get to glorify his name forever because we have life with him. And the church said, Amen. That's the story. Let's, so let's skip. Because why in the world did Peter have a sword? Let's skip the next slide and let's go to Luke 22. And just get a, a little idea, um, a little backdrop on this. Luke 22, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So turn back in your Bible to Luke, verse 22. And you can kind of put something in John 18, just because we're going to return right back to John 18. Um, why did he have a sword? <laughs> no, like, like we're just like, oh yeah, Peter had a sword. Um, yeah, he just had a sword while they were praying. Jesus answered, this is, a, this is an interesting story, and you guys know the story. But this is, this is where Jesus, okay, remember we're Peter. We're Peter, right? Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, let's just, let's just act like Peter was at the altar, and Jesus starts telling him, you know, like, like Peter, before the rooster crows today, you would deny me three times that you even knew me. You're like, oh man, I know God, like I can't. Can't do it on my own. I, I, I can't. Let's just keep reading. Then Jesus asked them, When I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? No, no, nothing to answer. He said to them, Listen to this. This is like intriguing. This is kind of out of nowhere, in my opinion, but that's just my opinion. But now, if you have a purse, take it, or a man purse, a purse, or take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, Sell your cloak and buy one. Hmm. Okay. So, so, it is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and I tell you 
that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. Verse 38, the disciples said, See, Lord, here are, here are two swords. He said, that's enough. He replied. So, so, so if I, okay, if Pastor Tim stood up here and said, guys, go get swords. If you don't have swords, you better get them. And you'd be like, are, are we about to fight? We're about to fight someone. We're about to, we're about to get into it with someone. Go ahead, Pastor Tim. We're going we're gonna to get swords. And then, and then like someone like Tim Skiles brings, oh, we got two swords. <laughs> of course, Tim, of course. Tim's got him in his back pocket. Like, we got two swords. I got two right here. Whatever you need, Pastor Tim. <laughs> and then Pastor Tim, like, reads down the list of names, and Tim Skiles knows exactly who to give it to. The most random. <laughs> no one's random in this room. I didn't mean to say that. No one is random. Everyone has purpose. I did not have that in my notes. Okay. I love when the Spirit leads me. <laughs> Holy, where was I? Um, yeah, they have, so they have swords. So I'm thinking, we're about to fight. We're about to fight. And so Peter's like, Jesus told me I'm going to deny him. Here I am. I got a chip on my shoulder. When the time comes, ooh, there, there's some guys with weapons. And, and Peter's like, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to go, Lord. I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I know I'm supposed to protect Jesus. I'm supposed to protect Jesus, defend Jesus at all costs. And here's his chance. Here's his moment. Jesus... Peter, Peter, let's, let's go back to John 18, verse 11 in the ESV. This is what sparked this in me. Peter, put your sword into its sheath. And why was I supposed to get the sword? sword. There will be a time for it, but, but Peter, put your sword away. I want to show everybody, put your sword away. Why? Why? Because my calling is my calling, my cup, my cross, what I'm supposed to bear. Sometimes I wonder in the church today if a lot of us, if a lot of us are saying, pull out that sword to defend Jesus, to defend God at all costs. And Jesus is like, no, no I, I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone to defend me. I, I don't. And then the human side of Jesus, okay, we got the 100% God. So how does this relate to the God part? Is you don't need to defend God or fight for God. God's will is going to, it is going to happen. He's going to be the winner. Whether you want to be on His side or not, He's going to be the winner. So why don't we just get on His side? Now, now, now the human side is this. With, with the sword that we so... The promises are God of God are yes and amen. If the Spirit tells you to pray for healing, pray for healing. If the Spirit tells you to pray for delivering, for people to be set free. But, here, but here's the thing. If it's their cup to bear, if it's their calling, I, I don't want to sound too, God help me with this. If it is what your, your call, live worthy of the calling that you've received, right? The calling that you've received. Don't let a prophetic man speak against it. Don't let someone bring a Bible verse. Don't let someone try to cut it down because Jesus knew his cup. Jesus knew his calling and his, and his cross, something the church needs to hear today. His cross that he had to bear that Jesus told us to pick up, to follow him. What does that mean? A lot of, uh, Dustin, if you got it hard in life, sometimes just, just bear, just, just bear the cross, bear, bear the cup. Let's stop trying to get out of it. He tells Peter 
Don't, don't throw the sword away. Don't throw the power and the dangerousness of the sword away. But hey, hey, I know. Shall I not bear what God's called me to bear? Then this life? Is it, has, has church all come about self-gratification? And as long as it lines up with the way that we love in this lovey-dovey world and all of the above and everything like that, then that's okay. We'll use that part. But if it doesn't, this is my cup. Listen to me, Christian. I say possibly let us, let us rewind. Let us sheathe our sword there for a second. Let us hold our tongue. Stop the self-gratifying, self-fulfilling words and let us listen to Jesus. Stop rebuking the cross, the cup, the calling, and the people that are called to walk through. I believe that God is calling us to set people free, to deliver. I believe that it happened. In the first three songs, and I'm not just saying about music, I believe that people were set free, people were delivered, things people held, they just laid off to the side. Yes, I believe it. I believe the, the sword is so powerful. But the reason why it's not sometimes is because we're aimlessly using it with no purpose and no plan. And it's not the Word of God. And it's not His nature. It's not His Spirit. Why don't you think you're effective with the words that you're using? It's the same words Dustin's using. It's because the Spirit, no offense, hasn't led you to speak those words. Paul, I know. But, but who, who, are, who are you? Speak the same words. The kingdom can't be bought. I believe there's a cross that we all have to pick up, you know, it's called submission and surrender. Not great words in today's society. Foreign tongue, to be honest. I will cling to the old rugged cross. So how do we go from here? How do we rightly divide the word? How do we know when to keep our sword in, when to use our sword. There is only one way. The sword is the truth, right? What leads us to truth? And John, which one is it? Next slide. John 16. This is it. Jesus says another exactly like him. It's better, for, better that he go. Why? Because now each and every one of you, it's not just Jesus Teaching, he will live inside you. Another just like me, an advocate, one that stands in your defense right beside you will come. And what will he do? He will guide you into all the truth. He will guide you into the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me. Who is he? So the Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. He always points back to Jesus. He will glorify Jesus because it is, it is from Jesus that He will receive what He will make known to you. Plural. You, plural. All that belongs to the Father's mind. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what He will make known to you. Guys, like I said about the knowledge of the good and evil, without the Spirit, the Word is just contradictory. The Word doesn't make sense. The Word will forever be a mystery. 
And I know there's some parts that maybe we won't be revealed until the other side. And that, that is okay, but I believe all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, etc. Useful for teaching, all Scripture is. And so the Spirit will lead you, brother and sister, young move student, young shine kid, the Spirit will lead you into all truth. And it will point to Jesus. Because why? Jesus is the truth. Without Jesus, there is no truth. Jesus is the Word from the beginning. So I, I, I want to go like one step farther. I think I have time. I have eight minutes. And, and talk about may, maybe just like a contradictory passage, which kind of uh, illuminates maybe my points a little bit farther. And it's in Matthew 10, verse 34. And I'm just going to read it. Sorry um, if you're not there. Do, this, this is a verse that I have trouble with. Okay, But, but it... It makes the point clear, I think, about the sword, about what Jesus has come to do in our own lives so that we know when to use the sword and when not to use the sword. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace, okay? That, that right away should trigger something in Bible people that know about Jesus, you know, or the Spirit of God, Galatians 5. Uh, love, joy, peace, okay? So are you not like the Holy Spirit? Just, just listen. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace Arene, which is the word. So I'm like, you know, maybe there's a different word when Jesus uses peace later. Maybe. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Ooh. Is that Excalibur? I wish. I wish it said in the original language Excalibur, but it doesn't. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother. Listen to this, young guys, girls. A daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. God, I have a difficult time with this. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. God, God what, what do you mean? I love my father and my mother. You know, the Ten Commandments say, honor your father and your mother. So, so what am I to do with this? And I, and I felt God whisper, whisper to my ear. And I said, that's already happened to you. You see, you see what he says at the beginning is, do you not suppose that I come to bring peace to the earth? Okay, the people that don't know me, you know what I've come to do? I want you to know me. So I'm going to keep you from living under your father's shadow. I'm going to keep you from living under the generational curse that you've been going through. You no longer have to live. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to mess you up. And in the midst of your family and your situation and your life that maybe you want to go back to, you want to find these people, hey, I'm going to bring a sword and cut right down deep within your soul. And I'm going to ruin you. I'm going to pierce you. I didn't come to make everything happy and you just live as an alcoholic you just to do drugs like your brother and your sister and all these things I came to bring a sword and to set you apart and then what does that mean after he set you apart after you don't have a father don't have a mother here you are and then he says in six chapters later I have told you these things so that in me in 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 Jesus you will have peace Irene, 
This sword that I've come to ruin and to feel like I messed you up and screwed you up and, and ruined all the reputation and the things that you had. Don't be afraid. That, that was just for a season. I've come in your life, believer, to bring you a rene in the midst of it all. And now you have a sword. What do I mean by this? It's this. Where, where's that slide? Go back to unless the sword pierces you. So here's what I believe. Do, do we have that slide? Okay, here's, here's what I believe before we can... So just, just using our sword. The sword must first pierce you. Then you can hold yours. Uh, what, what do I mean by that? Where do, where do I have my notes? Uh, I'm all over the place. Unless, unless the Spirit has ruined you, don't try to ruin me. Unless the Spirit has come into your life and messed you totally up. I'm serious. This is, what God, this is what God does with your reputation, with your arrogance, with your pride, and your, your right standing with, with people. Yeah, he, he can repair it later. But what God initially does, I believe, is, is humble you, is bring a sword. And as Pastor Tim always says, so will ruin you. And unless, unless a sword has been brought into your life to first pierce your soul, I don't know if we'll ever use our sword correctly. You see, in, in the old time, there was a, a squire when he was young, and he would, he would learn from the knights. And in the midst of, you know, you know he fought, and, and it actually says that when the squire has proven his loyalty, to the king and the church, in the midst of battle, in the midst of, of skill and fighting, then you know what? The dubbing ceremony happens and he gets his sword and he's called a knight. Just something to ponder. The squire had to experience the power of the sword and what it can do, maybe in his own life, and maybe watching it, wow, watch that destroy my brother. Watch that destroy my, my, my sister. And he, and he knows, he knows, he knows what he has in his hand. And he kneels before the king and he says he vows an oath to the king and the church. Isn't that a lot like what we're called to do? Vow an oath to God and His bride. A cool picture. Tucker, would you come and play and make it sound even more beautiful? Those words, though, seem contradictory if we don't allow the Spirit to illuminate in our hearts. You know, I was thinking from my man-made perspective, oh, it's just a, it's just a different peace and peace sword. It's, it's, it's just a different type of peace. The exact same word came not to do to the earth, but to those in Him, those abiding in Him, He came to give peace. Was it going to be easy? No, you'll have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome the world. Just some final thoughts on rightly dividing the Word. Let's, let's stand. I'm about to end. I hope that you receive some word from the Lord because when His Word goes out, it accomplishes what it was supposed to. And uh, so we, 
if you've responded to the Lord, if you came before the Lord and confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved, young person and uh, old person, all of the above. You receive your sword. We all got it. We all have it. We listen to the echoes of the dead in the first message and called to seize our sword in the second because there's a battle. There is a battle and we all know it. There is a battle, guys. What I'm calling you to is not to compromise, not to back down or stand down, but rather stand up with the sword and its sheath. With a confidence and a boldness. That you know the power that is on your hip. You know the power of the words that you say that God says to people. Do do you realize the transcendent power of this book? So what do we do when rightly dividing? It's it's these, these, these three things. And let us bow before the King and let us ask Him to help us with this. So when reading the Word, the first thing we're called to do is keep our will out of it. Whoa, 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 God, I, I need a word for... Um, I believe that God would give it to you, but, but don't, don't, let's just not con- conform and morph and just say like, this, 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 is the, this is the word for you. This is, what I, this is what I will. This is, okay, God called me in, in Deuteronomy 30 to uh, go to this place and do this. And uh, I, I believe God in the Spirit does, does do that, but let's not, let's not make our will to rightly divide this book. Keep His will in all of it. Keep His will. Keep His will in all of it. We know His purpose. is to, It's to seek and to save that which was lost. That's His nature. That's who He is. That's what Jesus said that He has come to do. So we keep His will, His purpose, His plan in all of it. If you're going to argue for the sake of losing someone, don't argue. Don't make, don't make it public. Keep His will in all of it. In all your understanding of the Word, even in the contradictions, in the gray areas where you're like, what do you mean by this? God, okay, but I know what you came to do. I know your nature. I know the fruit of your Spirit. So I'm going to just believe in that. Amen? And then the last thing, like I said, what, Dustin, what language is surrender? Is that Greek, Hebrew? What does that mean in English? Surrender to whatever the outcome See, see if you have His will. If it's all about His will, young, young person, what, what, what does God have to do? Well, let's first line our life up with His will and then we'll see from there. He came to seek and save that which was lost, so go do that. And then we'll see what God wants to do in your life from there. Keep His will in all of it and surrender to whatever the outcome. I know it sounds scary, but God will not let anyone who trusts in Him be put to shame. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Every man that comes to Him, He will not reject. Father, have Your way. Have Your way. Let us come, as St. Augustine said, to the state of indifference and just to, God, my will, I want want Your will to be done. 
Because I know that there's a way that seems right to a man, and that way is death. So help me, God. Help me to be guided into all truth by the power of your Spirit. Because without the Spirit, I don't know truth. Without the power of the Spirit, I'm lost. With no way, no compass, no trajectory, no magnetic field to get me where I need to go. I need the Holy Spirit's power to direct the course of my life. So here we are as a church, as a body, not just one person speaking, but God, You speaking to every single heart. Have Your way. We yield to whatever the outcome. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's worship.